my confession is that like I know what's going on. I just haven't put it into action yet. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting in the understanding and haven't like taken that step into, you know, okay, now I use the words they and them. I'm an active user of that word. Not just I'm, I know that these words exist. No, I'm an active user of these words. I'm conscious, you know? And right after this episode, I'm actually gonna go on LinkedIn. I'm gonna put my pronouns because I'm just gonna show that, hey, I know the conversation's happening and this is what the world needs to see that I am, I'm, I'm doing my part in that equation. Welcome back everyone to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I'm your co-host, CK. And it's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, a.k.a. A Squared. And today, we're going to have a really powerful conversation about gender roles and the gender roles we've experienced growing up, how they've evolved, and if they're changing and how we adapt to that change. But before we do that, you know what time it is? <gasps> Moochet! Hey, yo, Coach Cow, my guy. What's going on, man? How you doing today? What's up, what's up, what's up? Listen, I'm moving and I'm selling my stuff, okay? And it's really a weird feeling to get rid of all the stuff that you bought because you've like, it really teaches you the idea of attachment, right? Mm -hmm. If you're too attached to some of these things, you don't want to sell them. And I totally get why people are hoarders. Like I, I totally get it because you feel like an emotional attachment to these things. And one thing I don't want to sell is my coffee table, which I know sounds weird, but I love this coffee table. I love it. Great design, great color, everything about it. It's probably got the biggest price tag too. It doesn't actually. It doesn't. Oh. No, I didn't spend a lot on it. It was very No, not for you spending. I mean getting money back. I feel like it's selling a second. For I a good dollar. What hope so, yes. Exactly. Right. So it's almost like there's a contrast. Best too. Value. You can get rid of it if you yeah. wanted to. But do you want to? So I'm at a bit of a crossroads. But anyways, as far as that relates to my mood, it's a bit exhausting selling things. Selling the things that you own is exhausting. Because it's not only like getting rid of things that you feel kind of were sort of your identity and now that's gone. So there's little mini deaths of self every time you sell something. But at the same time, you also have to deal with marketplace and all of the people and the hundreds of messages that you get. It's almost like its own form of social media. You're just scrolling and replying. But you have to reply this time. You scroll, reply, scroll, reply, scroll, reply. And just mentally, it's a lot to take in. And, you know, they always say moving is difficult and moving is a challenge. And it really is. There's, there's, it's, there's no efficiency. I just feel like there's no efficient way to get moving done. There's always something. And someone came to pick up something the other day and they planned for 12. So I, I completely arranged, rearranged my day. Then they said they weren't going to come till four. Then they said, can't make till, can't make four. Then at five, they said, I don't know if I can come at all. 
And I'm like, what is going on? And then I basically just had to ultimatum them. I'm like, okay, well, I, I need you to make a decision. Do you want it now or do you not? Because I need to know how to move forward. And so then they finally came at 8.30. So my entire day yeah. was spent around trying to sell one item, which I mean... I thought, is, I thought furniture stores are bad. Right. They're like, hey, be home between two, <laughs> between two and eight. I'm like, that's my whole day. <laughs> so it was really a testament to patience is peace. So just trying to find the patience with it all. But anyways, I'm a bit tired from that as far as my mood goes. I'm a bit tired from all of that. Yeah. And like, let's just... The, the part that you didn't say there too was like how all the non-buyers that are just there to waste your time. Right. Oh my God. The, they're the, the ones that are the worst. At least this person ended up buying it. So like they, had, you know, there was a reward. It wasn't pretty, but we got there. We did. Eight. There was an exchange. Someone has a, has, has an item. You got money. Um, it's the people that just waste your time. Yep. Like, hey, how much is this? Read the ad. <laughs> hey, where are you located? My address is on the ad. How, how much, how much was it for again? What? It's very odd. And it's usually, honestly, marketplace is more of a, is this available place? It's not even how much is this or where are you located? It's always, is this available? Yeah. Which I think is a fair question. I think that is this available is fair. Cause like, like you said, like you're in that, like the post is still up that whole time you're going back and forth with this guy, right? No. You take it down. I'm very adamant with it because I don't want the question anymore. So as soon as someone says I'm coming either next week or today, I'm like confirming you're coming. Can I mark this as sold? They say, yes, it's gone off because hmm. the influx of messages is just absurd because people aren't really all, they're not often looking to buy. But then what if that person backs out? Cause they easily could have, it sounded like it was going down that row. So right. then now post it back then up. I repost it. Yeah. I guess if it's a hot item, then you can play that game. Um, but I, I would, I would always be like, have a, have a, a, have a B, have a C kind of person. Like that would be my mentality. Like, mm. I'd be like, I'd have a buyer and know that you're going to bail on me mm. and I already have a second buyer in Fair. mind. Like Fair. I would already be like, I tell the second person like, Hey, someone's coming today, but I'll keep you posted if they actually come through or not. Mm. And then start closing that deal. And then if they don't show up, <laughs> I'd be like, sound no problem. It's available. Come over. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm sure it becomes evident, but I think this is just a hilarious space to talk about. You could talk, you can make a whole episode about the intricacies of selling things online because it's such a wild space. But so we don't get too caught up in it. How are you feeling? How's your mood? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm vaccinated. So whoo, hopefully that means we start opening up. Nice. Yeah, I got vaccinated. It's uh, It's so crazy to think that like we have this massive pandemic that's just glooming over top of us, right? And um it's government officials. It, it, it's kind of made a mockery out of the government and politics in general, right? Because it's like, they all have become, I don't know about everything else, but they just became humans to me. Like, they're like, oh, these people just make really average decisions. <laughs> I thought like it was like to run a country, you needed to be like some sort of like intellect or some very smart or something like, I'm just like, mm, I don't know about all these decisions. And when you start questioning, it's like, oh, everyone's just human. Mm. Like the prime minister is just a human. Like everyone's just a human being trying to like you know fill their role and do it the best that they can mm -hmm. um but it's just so funny because it's like this pandemic started as this like health thing then it's this government thing and like usually those are two worlds that i'm not in that often like i'm like oh man it's serious if mm -hmm. like the, if health officials are involved and the government's involved this must be really official um and then i got vaccinated at like a pop-up in like some casino like it was just like the most regular regular thing of all time like i just go there's a massive line in this parking lot 
We're at uh, like Woodbine Casino. You go in their slot machines. They've just set up all these like nursing booths and stuff. And I'm like, this just looks comical. This just looks hilarious. You sit down, there's a girl on an iPad or a guy on an iPad. And they're like, where do you live? You show them your ID. They're like, yep, you're in a hot spot. And then you go and then you go see Rick. And Rick is like, hey, how you doing? So this is Pfizer. Um, I'm going to inject this into you. And you get this. And then you, while you're getting vaccinated, you're like, we've been in house arrest for a year and this was this is this is the savior this little thing that you're gonna inject into my arm and like you start your whole life starts to flash before your eyes it's like oh this is the solution to that year-long problem is like sitting down and giving your arm up and then just getting injected interesting you know it's just the whole thing to me is just kind of funny like mm. it's just very interesting and then there was a lot of people that were um so we got there I went straight to the first person in line like with the guy one of the guys that were like earlier in the line because i wanted to find out how long it took him to get there Cause he's like pretty much about to go in and I'm like, how long was this process? So I go out to him, like, Hey man, how long you been in this line? He goes, I've been in this line for like 30 minutes, but the line's getting longer. The line is longer now than when I got here. I'm like, okay, cool. We're looking at about an hour, you know? So I get in line and we're literally just like, it's almost like you're waiting in line for a roller coaster, but like you wait for the roller coaster has to go. And then another group goes on. We get in the line and we're hanging out and there's a lot of people. We all have probably an hour ahead of us. And then halfway through that hour, about half an hour mark, someone comes out and goes, Anyone who's not in a hot spot, you're not going to get vaccinated today. So if you came here just because you want to get a vaccine, you could, might as well go home because you're not going to get vaccinated. If you're in a hot spot, you can cut the line and go to the front. And I was in a hot spot. And my room was in the hospital where we lived together. So we're like, sweet. So we go. Um, and uh, we cut the line in half. And then once we got in there, it was pretty fast after that. It was like sit down, jab, mm-hmm. leave. They make you sit down in a waiting room for 15 minutes. But um, I don't know. More and more people, like as I get on phone calls with friends and stuff like that, more and more people are vaccinated. So hopefully that means it's a good sign. Like more like not like a 90-year-old or like someone who's a medical professional. More average people who are my age are getting vaccinated. So hopefully that means that we can get a summer. Mm. That's what I'm hoping for at least. Nice. So. Love that. So to get in today's episode, we mentioned at the beginning, we're going to be talking a lot about some pretty hot topics, gender roles, gender biases, gender stereotypes, breaking down the language behind it all and getting into the intricacies because I think growing up, it was constantly a unspoken pressure almost as if there was a specific way you were supposed to act as a man and that obviously evolved as I grew up. I felt like there were certain things that maybe I was doing and then there was more things that I was supposed to do when I became an adult. And so I think we just want to talk about that. But I think there's a bigger bigger statement we kind of want to work through first. And it's the closed box mentality that I know I've had, but I, a lot of men have in regards to the new language shifts that we're currently experiencing in the world, right? So I think that the, the most common one is getting into like the they them conversation. Right. I think that that one for me, I had to ask, I had to ask, I had to, cause I didn't understand it. And I remember I was speaking to someone I highly respect. So when I did that, it was a very open-ended conversation and they basically responded and said, this is the reasoning. Here's some examples. Can Here, you explain the reasoning? I can do my best. Or explain kind of that conversation. Just explain that conversation. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I have a friend and they were working through their pronouns, okay? And then in their bio, they changed it. And so I was speaking to their girlfriend at the time and I said their name. And they came back to me and said, they actually go by they and them. 
not she and her. And I was like, oh, okay. Totally caught off guard. So then I asked and I said, oh, okay. Like if I'm being honest with you, like I don't know how to use this language in this context. Like I don't know how to inject this yet. It seems odd to me. And for me being like the language person, it was hard for me to rearrange my words to make it sound grammatically correct. That was my concern at the time, which is, I know, a weird concern. So then they explained it to me and they gave me this whole context uh, just of how about they don't want to identify with he or she. So then you get into the general, more of a general term of they, them. So this whole time, I'm sure you've noticed I've been using almost they, them and their in everything that I've been saying. So grammatically now it completely makes sense. It lands completely appropriately. They just don't want to be identified with that. I could also say their name. I could do that too and interject that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's for me how it all came to be, at least this specific conversation. Um, and I think um, everybody kind of has their unique experience and journey. When we talk about those pronouns, specifically they, them, typically that derives from somebody's gender, gender identity, gender mm-hmm. expression. And that somebody who wants to be referred to as they, them, a lot of the time they identify as what's called non-binary. They don't really subscribe to male or female gender roles. Um, so they, they they will go by they, them instead. Uh, and I don't know. I, it's, it's something that's new, you know, and that mm-hmm. can be you got to work it into your language to your just normalcy you know mm-hmm. and and i think we owe that to people it's just basic you know common respect mm-hmm. so and a good example too is the conversation we just had i think that it's important to share that conversation we just had a conversation amongst the three of us about something new to at least anwar and i about no longer using the word female right and i know for me Anwar, i can't speak for you but for me when i first heard that i was a little combative I definitely reflect in this moment. I realized I was a bit combative to that shift. Basically, what the language shift is, it's, it's not female anymore. It's, it's women, which at first I was like, are they not the same? That was my first initial reaction. So I was combative. I said, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand why we would do that. What was your response? Yeah, for me, it wasn't. Um, I just wanted the the logic i just i was looking mm. okay i was like okay we can we can get rid of the word like we're, we're we're getting rid of a lot of stuff in this in today's day like we're changing things we're changing so if you haven't you haven't accepted adaptability yet oh you got a tough thing coming because things are changing fast and you have to adapt right so i'm adapted but i wanted some logic well i was like what was the logic what was the reasoning and then it was explained mm. right um it was explained that you know by saying female and maybe you can pull it up and we can actually have it explained here too um women takes the humanity out of it or female takes the humanity out of the woman right so when you refer like if a group of guys get together and they're just like you'll stop being a female you know what i mean or Mm -hmm. using the term female implies anything that is female biologically biological and a woman refers to a human uh, female. So you say female, it could be a female dog, bird. Uh, this microphone cord is a female ending. You know, these right. are these are words that we use regardless of if we're talking about people. So when you say women, we're talking about people specifically. You talk, you you refer to a woman as a female. You're not exactly referring to her as a human being. You're kind of right. just exactly. referencing the fact that she's a female, which is why females. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, no I I, got... I'm getting caught up on the words, which totally. is why, which is why women um, find it offensive if you refer to them as females, which I, I makes sense. You know? Right. And yeah, exactly. So once I heard that, I was kind of like, got it. Right. That makes sense to me. Totally. You're dehumanizing somebody by what you're saying. Right. And so when he explained that initially to me, from my perspective, I, I was in the in context of recognizing my conditioning in being rigid with my ways. And I consider myself a very open-minded person. However, there's still an element of social conditioning and family upbringing that shows up sometimes that I will be working through for the rest of my life. And when it came up, like I said, I was a bit combative, right? I think you can all attest to that. I was a bit combative. I said, this is confusing. It doesn't make sense. You explained it like three times. I think you did the exact same explanation three times too. And I was still sitting here like, what? Ha what? Because of just what I'm taught or what I've been taught and whatever we're obviously taught is what we're going to run with. So that's the first thought that I had. And then it just kind of ended up clicking as I, I almost felt like I needed a source not to say that I don't trust Chris, but I almost felt like I needed another source. Or more to, language. You needed more words to make sense of Yeah, I needed to on. find some sort of like validation to this process, which is absurd. But that's just where my mind went. I'm being completely honest with you I, with I the don't process. think it's that absurd. I think people kind of like having evidence or proof or to right. be able to verify or justify something that they heard that they may not necessarily agree with the first time hearing it. You know, right. So I, I think that's natural, uh, the reaction you had. You know? Right. So it was a bit of a trigger, right? We'll use the word appropriately. I was triggered uh, based on my predisposed understanding of what I thought the language was and the inability to think that uh, I want to change this, right? So then we pulled up the article like you just requested and I found one and it kind of just speaks to the really the basic intricacies of it. And the one part that really landed was, at least for me in that moment, and again, maybe this is speaking a little selfishly as a male, but it, it said, because no one casually refers to men as males. And that just, that made complete sense to me. I was like, if you flip it and say, well, how often do you call men males? You don't, you call them a man or you call them a men. You don't say all the, look at all those males over there or something like that. Or like, stop acting like a male. That's such a rare thing to have to say. Right. But it's not that rare on the other side. Mm -hmm. So it totally makes sense as to why that would be dehumanizing. Cause it's really just speaking to the part that you have, whatever that part is. Right. It's just speaking to that piece yeah. almost. And that's, that, that's a crazy visual. <laughs> and that's literally, you're talking about anatomy at that point. That's the distinction right. that you're making, right? Which is kind of crazy. Right. Because that's that doesn't correlate with the gender that's really kind of coming through now, right? That's it doesn't there's no matching there anymore. The There's more to that human being than just anatomy. Right. You know? And the plug in with the cord thing just clicked recently as well. I was like, oh, all it means is that something goes, goes into in something. And yep. I was like, oh, see that's see mm -mm. what females mm -mm. referring to, right? Right. So the reason we bring this you up you want us for visual or anything. i've seen it <laughs> yeah get it in the yeah, get, get it in the camera yeah no yeah. that's that, that's why just in case yeah that's so that right that's considered a female and part of the cord yeah and then the opposite one has it. the male part is like it the the, the sticks out right exactly so the male is referring to the piece that sticks out literally as a human the piece that sticks out <laughs> and then the female is the part that just that takes the sticking out so it's really it's just it's absolutely it's, terrible it's, it's anatomy right yeah and you don't want to refer to someone by their anatomy doesn't make sense you can tell the patriarchy came up with that you know right right so the reason we share this is because i wanted to share my experience in my rigidity and also what i found is that this seems to be a really difficult conversation for a lot of men to have 
and this is a generalization. This is not saying that all men are having a tough time with this, but there is a lack of willingness to adopt new, these new languages from a lot of men. There was a struggle and we just had a conversation about it. I, we know, I think we know, we don't going to say, I think we know that a big component of it is patriarchy. It's the hierarchical status that men are better from tradition. Men are better. Men are up top. And I think you said it well with like men just don't seem to care. Just don't care. Right. Because we, like, I mean, a lot of the times, like if you call me a male, I probably wouldn't notice personally. Um, if you call that or a man or a, or a men, I wouldn't probably come at you with anything. So I think that maybe is that because we don't, care necessarily like it doesn't bother us or is that just a deeply ingrained patriarchy i i think to what you're saying you're like men don't really care like about what you described well, yeah, the patriarchal so order and all say it like this why would they if you're be if you're the beneficiary of the way these systems are in order in place for society why would you want to change it why would you want to make it more equal if it benefits you so much you know and obviously um if that's not something you want you want mm. uh it to be equal you know Good you point. want rights for people then that isn't something that Good you would, you have to actively um break that down and that's like you said this is something that's difficult for men because it's like why like you almost have to go against mm. the patriarchy which benefits you right it's almost um, I, I think of it as like a, a, a white person breaking down white supremacy. If you're not racist and you don't want that uh, to, to, uh, to continue to be something in society, you want to actively break down white supremacy as a white person, even though you may benefit from that, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I, at least that's how I kind of think of patriarchy and like being a man and having these conversations and breaking things mm. <clears throat> and breaking things down like that. It, it, patriarchy is something that benefits me as a male, mm -hmm. but I need to realize that and actively break it down. Mm. And if, I just think about it too. You just spoke it into existence for me is that when you call me a male, it doesn't bother me because male is still considered better. So the patriarchy and the hierarchical status still comes through probably. I probably just don't acknowledge the fact. And think about when you hear it, like female being used, it's you're acting like a female. Like, oh, you're, you have female there's tendencies. Of, yeah, there's That's negative. That's not a good it. thing. Yeah. It's a diss. Mm. And like this, it's just like go, you know, kind of talking to your the the patriarchy and the hierarchy that you're kind of talking about there. There's There's kind of this like need and want thing that's happening, right? It's like males have to want to learn. Like we have to want to learn. Right. We're on the other side. It's like we need you to learn. Mm -hmm. So there's more energy that comes from the opposite side. Right. Like we need we want the things that you have. So we're fighting. Right. There's a fight on one end and there's an embrace on the other. And when you have to there's a different level of energy when you need something and when you want something. Right. Want sounds a little bit leisurely. It sounds like you can kind of go at it like a little bit more casual where need you're like, I, this has to happen. Right. And so speaking of patriarchy, men haven't been put in a position where we've needed anything. We just are, we sit there and it just comes. We just sit. Yeah. Right. And what's being forced and what's being asked of us is to want to understand and to want to learn, which just sounds like extra work. Just right. sounds like that extra. Yeah. Why would we put in the work? It's if, an extra if, task. If like, things are already working in our favor, then I'm it, putting out all these fires. I don't have time to also do this little thing that is like not, I don't need to do it. It's not going to change me left or right. A good, like I'm a, uh, I'm a recruiter by trade. So it's when I'm on LinkedIn, how many, how many times do you think I see the, the he slash him 
on the on the male uh, on a man's profile versus the she and her just shows you the embracing right why are there so many more women that have put that in there to show like hey i understand what's going on and i'm actively gonna show that this is what i'm how many men how many men have their bio with that well even a better question now instagram's allowed us to in, yeah, to in, put in, your, yeah, you can put now your put your pronouns, pronouns up to four in your bio. And now I, I haven't, I, that's so like, Anwar's kind of blowing my mind with that. I do not know any yeah. men who are, don't identify as non-binary, meaning they're just completely heterosexual and then just kind of put their pronouns out there, like lead just, with it, you know, yeah. why would we have to, it's not something that it, yeah, that's, that's, that's it, not, it's yeah. very fascinating for sure. And I, well, I thought about it cause I heard about it. And I don't have anything against the use of pronouns. I just didn't, I, I, I didn't feel the need to. And I'm, and I'm going to have a confession here now. Like, uh, you know, while we're talking about this and it's like, my confession is that like, I know what's going on. I just haven't put it into action yet. Mm. I've been sitting in the understanding and haven't like taken that step into, you know, okay, now I use the words they and them. I'm an active user of that word. Not just I'm, I know that these words exist. No, I'm an active user of these words. I'm conscious, you know? And right after this episode, I'm actually gonna go on LinkedIn. I'm gonna put my pronouns because I'm just gonna show that, hey, I know the conversation's happening and this is what the world needs to see that I am, I'm, I'm doing my part in that equation. It's what they you know? need from you. This very is what they fair. need from you. That is the- Very to, fair. That is the- um, like that. You know, when I had, I was a part of the black lives, you know, marches, that is the friend that's beside you. That's saying, I understand that there's a fight going on and I'm here beside you. That's what putting my pronouns means to LinkedIn. You know what I mean? That's what that shows is. And I know that I, in my heart, I believe in it. I'm, 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 I'm for the, but I haven't action. I haven't done anything actionable about it, you know? Um, and so that example kind of came to me because that's something that I look at. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. But I just showed that I haven't, I haven't done my commitment. I haven't even done my commitment. And it's not even that hard. It's just to show what are you. That's <laughs> it's it. It's a simple sign in of just like there's a conversation that's happening in the world. By you just identifying with what you are, you're helping that conversation. Right. Because you're allowing the person who's wants the, the, the them they to now people understand why we're doing it. Absolutely. It gives you a why. For these people to just, you know, feel like like humans themselves, you know, to feel like regular parts of, like, I could imagine it's not nice to be constantly misgendered, you know, somebody not um, referring to you how you properly view yourself, you know, and I... This is why I think it's just basic kind of human respect and decency. Like, we right. we owe it to, 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 to people, you know, and... Like Anne was saying, they need this from us, from heterosexual men that may not necessarily be affected too much by these issues. And now we need to be vocal about this and be speaking about these things. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's so much. And our ego is so hardwired. And so we're always worrying about our identity at yeah. all costs. It's identity, identity, identity. And it'll do everything to protect. And for us, as, as a generalized statement of men, we're focused on protecting almost the, the patriarchal hierarchy without knowing it so we don't feel like this change is needed because our identity aligns with the other way it doesn't align with this new way because this new way is equality so for a lot of men it's like well hold on a second like how does this make sense now if i have to make this change and fall in line with you then that means we're more equals which means i won't get what i always get there's, so there's this crazy quote that always goes around in, in times of of strife when there's groups being oppressed um, equality to the group that is the oppressor or the beneficiary of oppression, equality to them often feels like oppression. 
Mm. So if you're a male and you start feeling, you know, like, oh, things are becoming more equal for men and women, you're going to start feeling like you're, feeling you're being you're oppressed. oppressed. As a white person, you start seeing these white supremacy systems get broke down. You're going to start feeling like you're racism's impeding on your life, you know? So well that's said. something you got to be very careful about as a man. Like, if you're a listener, look at the way Kyle handled this whole conversation, you know? He's, he, he pretty much outright said, I was combative probably less than half an hour ago when we had this conversation and look he's gone full circle on it he did research he went and looked it up we talked it up like this isn't something that's hard to do you know like you have to put the work in but it's it's so possible and i just feel like kyle graves gave such a great example of that just being mm. able to do that that's fascinating that's uh, that's powerful that's landing really well with me that idea because I, i'm sure it does it absolutely feels a bit like you're being being oppressed which is not what was happening it's just a feeling um, and what you just did, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share. Growth can happen at any point. You just make a decision to grow. I just changed my Instagram bio. I put my pronouns in. Damn, nice. There you go. Just that in this moment, as we were talking, you can, you can see the proof. The proof, proof. He, him. I don't know if that's gonna focus, but that's fine. Because what you essentially just brought to the equation, and just with having this conversation, I'm so happy we were. Is that by me not doing it, it shows that I'm almost just not willing to resistant. be involved in the process. We're in that rigid. Like I'm resistant. Yeah, and that doesn't make any sense. It, how what harm does this do to my to my space nothing none this does nothing all it is is it simply it says he him there now but it helps someone else live a more authentic life exactly and then they come to my space who might be struggling with it and see it and be like oh okay like they're and i don't want to say selfishly like they're leading the way but they're open to this conversation they're open to this change or they've done the work and so maybe that maybe that'll prompt me to as well you know i think that yeah, like I said, it just does me no disservice to, to use this. And in the process, it also does a lot of other people a service. My friends, let's talk about mental health and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like it said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts they're sharing blog posts it is a really powerful space so we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and google store it is tether t-e-t-h-r available on both app stores join the community i promise you will not regret it So to continue to lead into the conversation about this idea of gender roles, gender biases, stereotypes, uh, the evolution of patriarchy and misogyny and all of these really hot topic words, toxic masculinity, we wanted to really hone in on the idea of the influence of patriarchy and how that has contributed to the creation of the majority of the gender roles and gender biases that we currently experience. 
And as we mentioned earlier in the conversation, like patriarchy is a big conversation, even just about something simple as changing the pronouns in someone's Instagram bio. It's still showing it's, it's unfortunately, it's really ugly head. So for you gentlemen, growing up, you felt some pressure, I'm sure at some point, to be a specific type of person or to do specific things based on your gender, based on being men. What were some of those roles? And how do you now look back and correlate them with potential, the influence of patriarchy and how have they evolved? How have they, how have they grown? I think like, I think it's always very important to kind of go back to your memory and like try to think about how things were, you know? I often think when I mem- think about my childhood and especially in this, in this context, in this, in, in this topic, I often wasn't thinking about what my sister's shortcomings were as much as I was thinking about my journey. Like, and I'll, I'll, I'll make sense of that. Like I was more worried about carrying 12 grocery bags to be more masculine. And I wasn't looking at like how not making my sister carry three was holding her back from like, you know what I mean? What she wanted to be or whatever. I didn't see her limitations as much as I saw my problems. Mm. I'm like, I need to carry 12 grocery bags because I need to be a man. Which is so hilarious. Just to cut in for a second. It's the, it literally speaks to the idea of when you dress up and you walk around the streets, you think everyone's looking at you, but they're really just thinking about themselves. It's that, it's literally that but encompassed in roles. Anyways, continue. 100%. And it was very much like that my whole entire upbringing. Like I was more so worried about myself. Like I was just trying to fit into the world how I fit in. I wasn't looking at what was being held back from others. And I think the maturity and the evolution of the world is that we are actually more conscious of like, if you were to get a plate of food and you looked over to your right and that person didn't get a plate of food, I think we're more aware of being like, why didn't that person get food? Where when I was younger, I didn't care about those things. I was just worried about getting my plate. Like I was worried about, okay, cool, and move on. But when I reflect and I think back, damn, like my parents really raised us with a lot of gender roles. A lot. You know, like I did everything that was outside of the house. That was, you know, shoveling all the, all the strong stuff. My sisters did all the chores. What is that teaching you long term, right? My dad worked, my mom didn't. What is that teaching you? Not that they had choices in those roles, but if you're, my mom is at home all the time and my sisters are cleaning all the time, my mom cleans all the time and Anwar is outside all the time and dad always works, well then what, as a kid, what, what energy are you taking in for long term? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so as I reflect, I'm, I'm, I'm more so like, wow, like there is a lot of this stuff growing up. Like there is a lot of gender roles. And I think that it's very important or gender biases, I should say. Um, I think it's very important to kind of look back and be like, all those times that my dad pushed me forward or my mom pushed me forward and they held my sister back, I know it was out of protection. But what are the side effects of that? What are the side effects of protection? And wanting to be a dad and wanting to grow into the future and you know being having a family for myself i want to be more conscious of the times where i'm holding back to protect and i'm holding back and i'm 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 like oppressing i'm not allowing someone to reach their full talent if i don't know the difference between the two it could get blurry Mm -hmm. the lines could get really blurry so i think that that's definitely for me where it um you know i've done some reflection and kind of thinking about that from my past but that's where i think about is that i wasn't really awake to it and then all of a sudden there was an outroar and I was like, oh, you know, and then you hear my, my sisters will tell me stories and, you know, like that rigidness that we're talking about. Like, I'm like, it wasn't that bad, you guys. What are you guys talking about? You know what I mean? <laughs> and then they explain and you have to like, ex- you have to be willing to listen. Right. It's like, oh, I didn't see it like that when it was happening. Like, oh, that what that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I wasn't seeing it like that. 
So what part do you feel like patriarchy played in that or did it at all reflecting on it now? You feel I think like- it just, I think it just always kind of is, was there, right? Like, you know, we were like- talking about the mattress store thing, right? right? You go into a mattress store, the massive big is a king. The one that's second biggest is a queen. I'm five. I know that king is a man. I know that queen is a woman. You, you put, put the two together. You just live your life like that. You, you just go. You just yeah. continue. But subconscious, I downloaded that. So if king is a man and it's bigger, queen is a woman and it's smaller, in my mind, I want to be analytical. I just put, I just put the king on top of the queen. Mm. And therefore, I put the man on top of the queen. Oh, and my dad also wants me to carry 12 grocery bags instead of my sister carrying three. Oh, that must mean it's true then. Mm. I got to carry more. Oh, I'm in gym class now. And they're like, okay, to get an A, Anwar, you got to do 25 push-ups. And Susie, to get an A, you got to do 15. I'm like, why does she got to do less than me? Because you're stronger. Okay. King, stronger, more grocery bags. This must be the way. <laughs> like, this must be. It's all adding up to me. It's considered worth more in a deck of cards too, right? Like a king. Right. Of course. Queen. Like, and one that just clicked in me, which I think is super interesting, is there is no queen-sized chocolate bar. There's only king-sized chocolate bars. Wow. Yeesh. Patriarchy's everywhere. Literally everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, you're, I guess in context to what you were saying then, to kind of bring it into spaces, it was just what you were surrounded with. It wasn't, it wasn't a conscious choice. It's just patriarchy was here, here, and here. You just didn't realize because you're a kid and no one's talking about it. No, yeah, you're just, you're just living life and piecing things together as you go. Right. Um, and just, you know, validating your own thoughts. You have a thought, you see something, oh, that must be right then. Right. Validated. And you kind of go, you just live life that way until you get to today's day and there's an outroar and you're like, whoa, what's going on? Mm. Why are you, why do you feel oppressed? They're like, remember all those things you downloaded into your mind when you were a kid? They were holding me back. Mm. That's why. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to take the conversation briefly in a, in a sideways route for a second here, it, it really falls almost in context too with the idea of how young we are given the opportunity to watch porn and that's a whole separate other episode but if you think about in that context too you when a young man who's now watching porn at the age of like seven or eight or 12 whatever damn seven yeah (laughs) i'm not saying i was seven i'm saying that now the common age is now getting younger and younger because it's the access to information which is concerning to me very concerning right and so with that you know you watch something like that and that's pure patriarchy at hand that's that's the most purest form right there right so now you're subjected to that and now it's over now you now just watching that depiction you don't need the king or queen size bed analogy anymore you just watch one one short film of that and it's and you have it fully ingrained that the roles are i get more i am more and therefore i will do more and get more throughout the rest of my life so my roles will be different very dangerous game very dangerous game for me as far as like gender roles go growing up it was i think it was actually taught here and there you know i really felt like it was almost taught but it wasn't like hey like we're part of the patriarchy that's never a conversation right and i also think too that the development of this idea of gender roles over time has just become more of a conversation than it ever has been. So it's not that I think it was necessarily their fault. They were just living by the means of what they always were living by. They were doing their best with the information they had. Then Google comes out 
and information's everywhere. And now all of a sudden, everybody knows the definition of patriarchy. So now, because of the awareness, I look back and I realize the words were never used, but there were a lot of the tendencies that I think every home had at the time. I think when I have children now, when we have children now, it's going to be wildly different. Oh, yeah. Be absolutely wildly different. But it's 2021, right? How the 20 patriarchy has been around since day one. So the most prominent one I think is probably comparable to you with the grocery shopping with the bags. I think that was that's the most prominent uh, bias that was that was there. But again, I wasn't saying in my head like, oh, my sister can't do it. Never felt that way. It was how much more can I do Mm -hmm. to prove my worth, you know? And that one, to me, that one's physical too, right? So like I right. often try to not, because that is a, there is facts there, right? Like the, the physical side of things, there's a, there's a big differentiation. Like mm. they're different, right? We're, we're different. Um, so from the physical world, um, but it's more so like when I think about the examples of like my parents were less fearful of me being outside, which means I got more opportunities to discover. Later mm. curfew later curfew, more opportunities to be outside, more opportunities to network, to see life in action, that, to that see late, how- That late curfew was a big conversation. The, the, the idea, and think about it, late curfew is a byproduct of protection. It's nothing more than that. It gets dark, late, I'm late. worried about you being out that late, I'm protecting you, but that's three more hours, four more hours that I get to be outside versus you, and what do I learn in those three, four hours? Mm. Who do I engage with in those three, four hours every day, right? So it's almost like you gotta, you gotta just have an earlier curfew for him as well. So you're not giving the advantage, right? So it's gotta be 11 o'clock for both of you. Whatever the, whatever the protection line is, say my protection line is nine. That's where my comfortable line is for her. And for him, my comfortable line is 12. Well, we're going to take the bottom then because those four hours of extra growth that you get, that's unfair. So we're both coming home at nine now, even though I, I'm not that fearful that of you being out mm-hmm. until 12. But I'm conscious of the idea that one, what am I telling my daughter or her and B, by pulling her in and leaving him out, what does that say? And and B, if protection is really what I'm my, my deep down is, then... I should protect both of them equally. You should come home too. But you're saying it's a big word, right? Protection. What are you protecting her from? Right. The physical. From what? From who? The men. From other men, right? Yes. You're, that, it's exactly. strictly because of other men that what you could are happen? protecting her from, right? Right. <laughs> That's but, the problem, right? right. Doesn't it seem- <laughs> but you put a man, you put the young boy out there and you're like, well, oh, he's there, so he's fine. He's a, he's a man in a way, so he's good. Okay, I, I'm going to talk about my experience like yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, get into it. Just because um, I, I think I can take an approach that may be a little different than the two things you guys described. Because I think we could go on for days about aspects of our childhood where maybe... I, I didn't have a sister, but where you realized, oh, like I was... That was patriarchy. I was I, I benefited from that and I didn't really realize it back then. Um, it's almost a really big benefit to have sisters, I just realized. Well, you, it's you an opportunity to, to learn, you need right? To learn so much. Sorry to interject. Anyway. No, it's all good. Um, but it just, I, um, I'm gonna. Th- I think back to elements of the patriarchy that influenced my childhood that 
were negative to me as a man because I think that's something that we don't talk about as much as well because there are negative aspects of the patriarchy that aren't good for ma- for for males, right? Um, the whole don't cry thing, right? In the whole be a man. Uh, big, big gender bias, yep. Uh, there was a point in my life where I swore by the statement, the like biggest thing that makes you a man is being void of emotion, is not crying. You know, I used to like think that and believe that, that that's what made you a man was, um, <clears throat> was being less emotional. And uh, I, that definitely hindered me as a kid. You know, I was a sensitive kid and I, and I guess... Uh, when I would cry about things as a child or when things would happen, it would just be like, yo, don't cry. Like, don't, you need to get rid of those tears right now. I remember I used to uh, get cornrows. You go to a salon, you know, they it's real tight, you know, it hurts. Yeah, yeah. And I remember my brother, like, for weeks, like, leading up to my first braid-up appointment, he's like, yo, don't cry and don't even show them that it's hurting you, you know? And I just feel like there's so much of that that us men have you know that's a patriarchal thing right we're supposed to be dominant you're supposed to be this you know and then that that ugly side effect comes void of emotion it's just not having that and then we become 20 year old 30 year old men and never express our emotion and are so bad at processing it you know um so when i think of how patriarchy affected how it affected me in a negative way i could go on and on about how it benefited me and how it's made certain situations easier of course but it's like we also need to acknowledge things like that the whole be a man the don't cry kind of shit is detrimental it, it leads it, in the worst case it could lead to suicide you know like that could be a very very big you know just mental hurdle that, mm. that men get caught up in so i also can't imagine what it would be like to be like a 65 or 70 year old man in this current day and age now learning on a global scale that your emotions are okay but you haven't your entire life that's 60 to 70 years of holding your emotions in because you don't think you're allowed to we're almost in a really kind of weird way we're really fortunate right now to be in the position to being like hey it's okay to be who you really are and show everything you are as a human being but they never got that chance I can't, I can't Absolutely. even begin to imagine what that would be like. But yeah, I, I completely agree. That's a huge one. A also, one that, just to piggyback real quick, because yeah, you had something, you said that that void of emotion, right? It's also very interesting to me that like, we have all these men that were avoiding, like they had a void of emotion. They didn't show their emotion. That thought they had to do that. They thought they had to do that. And now in terms of progression and in terms of like where the world wants us to be, they want us to be the ultimate feeler. They want us to be able to feel why you want to be called they and them when I haven't feel I haven't felt anything for like 20 years. Right. I haven't cared. I've been literally I've been literally holding my emotions back for 20 years. And now you need me to like to ultimately feel all of a sudden I got to like turn a switch and go from like not feeling anything to feeling enough to change my pronouns on my LinkedIn page because I understand what you're going through so much. Mm hmm. Yeah, you're basically being asked to go from anger, the only emotion you're allowed to feel, straight to compassion, just on a dime. And 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 like, can we get some compassion in that journey? Right, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well said. I don't. I don't think that. Like, I think that you know, we're working on it. We're trying to get there as men. Like, we're trying to. But I think something that you know all listeners can take from this is this understanding that if you went 65 years of your life not feeling anything trying to live up to that patriarchy feeling of don't cry, toughen up. If, if the, so the person who's braiding your hair up is K 
killing you. Don't show anything to all of a sudden, why can't you understand why I don't want to be called a female? There is a huge gap between those two characters. And people need to warm up to that. And I'm hoping that this platform and this podcast allows for that conversation. We're trying to be compassionate in your journey to there. Mm -hmm. We are trying to help and show and be leaders in the conversation of we understand that we grew up like this and that this is where we're trying to get to and that there's an evolution in between those two points. Absolutely. And we want to help you in that journey. But it's just nice to also know that there is a journey. Right. And that compassion along the way is huge because that conversation about the they and them that I had, if that was not presented to me in a way like, hey, here's some information and this is why we do this. And then that was kind of it. It wasn't saying, why did you do that? Or stop doing that. There wasn't anger or resentment being thrown at me. It was compassion for the process. But I also had to come in with compassion at the same time. Like I had to walk in and be like, listen, I don't understand this quite yet, but can you explain it to me a bit bit more? It's the curiosity. And that's the curiosity I didn't have at the beginning of that conversation we had today. So I wasn't curious enough, Mm -hmm. which is, which got me in the space of being, of feeling triggered. And, but this space and the they, them conversation, I walked in and I was just, I was curious. So in turn, willing to learn in turn, they showed me compassion. So there's also a bit on our end too, right? Of, if we're coming in hot with our, our pre-biases and our preconditioning, then no, you're not going to get compassion because you're not showing me that you're willing to listen. hundred percent. So it's definitely an ownership on our part as, as well. And it's, it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. And we're trying to work through so many things at the same time with the, the provider roles and the emotional stuff. Like there's, there's so, so much, there's so much. And we're really, like you said, and we're hoping in this space to just men and any men that are listening right now, like we're support supporting you on this journey. Cause we know it's hard. What we say at the end of every episode, we hear you, we see you and we're standing tall beside you in this arena because we are, we're just trying to figure it out alongside of you, but there's a lot going on and we're definitely not pros at it by any means. We're just trying to spark that conversation. So to wrap up the conversation, we're just gonna quickly discuss kind of our takeaways and how we feel it's all progressed because we're living in an era where progression is happening at a rapid pace. There is almost no opportunity to not be progressive right now. It's almost impossible. And so that really opens your eyes to see a lot of things in different ways. So I'll start with Anwar. How have you seen the progression and what, maybe what were your takeaways from this conversation or what are your takeaways from this progression? I think that the progression is here. Like, I think it's upon us. I think that the maturity of this conversation in itself is progression. Mm. You know, like I never thought I'd be talking about these kind of things. I never thought I'd be reflecting on my childhood this deeply and trying to unpackage, you know, what were, what barriers are moved out of my way and what barriers are put in front of my sisters, you Mm -hmm. know, and really being able to visit it from not a selfish place, but from a place of, okay, well, how can I help their journey be easier as well as my journey? You know, because I think often when you're in this journey of life, you're worried about, you're like, I know all these barriers that were put in front of me. You get really good at like, I removed this one, I removed this one, then I teach about the ones that I removed and the ones that were protecting me. But we don't look left and we don't look right. And I think if you get caught up in that and you're only looking at your shortcomings and the ways that you've got around your obstacles and you dismiss the people who are literally, literally my sister's right beside me. 
not that far removed, you know, sitting right beside me. I'm not paying attention to the bears that are in their way and using my advantages to remove barriers out of their way. So knowing like, whoa, okay, I'm moving through this race pretty smooth. You look back, you're like, oh, my sister's behind. What's going on? Oh, I can, I have the power to move that barrier out of her way. Go back and move it. Mm. Especially if you have the power to do so. And I think what's happening is it's, it's this ignorance is bliss. I'm so happy that I'm getting through the race. And I look back and I'm like, you're far behind, but not giving a damn about why they're far behind. Mm. And not going back there to help. Well said. And I think that for me, the help is everything. The help is putting my pronouns on my LinkedIn, showing that, vis- showing that visual commitment to the movement and the support. Being able to look left and right and continuing to everything that, you know, the universe and Allah allows me to to do, being able to give that back to people who have it worse than me, whether it's minorities, whether it's anybody that I can help and being aware of the race and not just looking at my own feet, being aware that there's a race that's happening among everybody. And when you're taking that, you know, say you take a break and you take that sip of water, look around. Who's fighting harder than others? And how can you help those that have to fight way harder for no reason? And um, a solid takeaway for me from this episode was just the idea that um, I'm conscious, but I'm not active. I'm conscious, but I'm not active. I think I can, I can be more active, you know, and sometimes it's confusion and that's why I'm not active enough. I'm confused. I don't know where, what I want to say, but I want to move the needle from conscious to active. Um, as best as I can because I think being conscious is a maturity and we always talk about journeys in this podcast we talk about where you're at and where you're ascending to and you know um, Chris you know in the spirituality conversation talking about you know he wants more 5D in his life like understanding where he's at in the journey for me understanding is that I'm, I'm conscious I'm not active and so let's ascend to being active and that's where I'm at with my um, my journey with this love it well said awesome well said Mr. Chris, adding in some hot fire and flames to this episode. Give us some more. I appreciate it. Um, I don't know if like the progression aspect, I feel like Anwar really nailed it on the head. Like that is pretty much what I would articulate. You know, I feel like it's here, you know, and I think you can see it. You can look at examples of where the progression has taken us. Um, And I think this podcast, the conversation we're having now is a great example. Three guys, three heterosexual men in a, in a room having these types of conversations. I feel like, um, you know, we tackled it as best we could, you know, and, and, and I think three other heterosexual males could listen to this and they will get something and will take away something new. Um, what, what I've taken away from this um, is... I, I feel like I per, like the active part that that uh, Amwar is describing. I need to take part actively in having these conversations with men that I know may not be hip to this, you know. And uh, Kyle described the way that this kind of took place, the whole conversation, so well. He was like, you know, I was met with compassion, you know, when we were having this conversation. And I think that's something that I really want to take away for when I'm in the future having these conversations, especially if it's somebody who's expressing something very wrong or aggressively about these kind of topics to like start with compassion, lead, lead with that in trying to help somebody unlearn or unpack something that is not true and kind of 
goes against someone else's life and lifestyle and what they identify and, and express themselves as because you know it goes such a long way and by just putting your pronouns or something in, in your bio or your verbiage not saying female you know so when i'm in those moments and having uh, those conversations i feel like the compassion uh is is, is important for actually unpacking and unlearning and re and learning the right thing mm. you know? so mm -hmm. uh that's where I'm at with it. Uh, was was it just the the progression and and, and takeaways? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Love that. Uh, so well said. So well said. And there's so much that's there to just leave. I think so many people with. And for me, to wrap up the episode, for me, it's. I, I think that we speak a lot about making that change in this conversation and being part of the progressive movement. And you know, I think that what I also want to share is that if you don't want to, then don't. Like that's perfectly fine, but don't do it out of ignorance out of, is bliss. Don't do it because you're not willing to do the education or to research it a bit or to ask the questions. If you ask the questions and you do the research and you still feel like it's not aligning with you, then that's your choice. That's perfectly okay. No one's going to force you to make that change. But I think when you get into the research and you get into the knowledge and you start asking the questions, you'll realize that there is pure valid truth to all of these changes. There is nothing inherently wrong with them. They're not challenging you as a person. They're just simply broadening your ability to see from a different lens. That's all that they're doing. So be open to that. Be as receptive as possible. Takeaway from this conversation uh, was the growth that I had, was the double growth. I had two, two, two pieces of growth in this one episode. The first one was the, uh, the female conversation, right? And then the second one was the pronouns in my bio. So for me, that's my biggest takeaway. It was just that knowing that whatever is being said here could be an opportunity for me to change. So I'm going to listen. And that's what I hope to share with uh, all of the men listening out there. And for anyone listening out there is just listen, don't inject and do your best to put your ego aside as hard as it is. Cause I did it earlier today. <laughs> um, but do your best and make the decision that you feel is right for you. And sometimes that's not the progressive way and that's okay. That's fine. That's, that's your choice. Um, but always, always, always do your best to lead with love. All right, everyone. So to finish this episode, you know what time it is. It's CK with a PQ for you leading into next week's episode. And next week is a, a bit of a conversation. And we want to introduce it in a way that really speaks to it because there's a lot of power to it. Next week, we're going to be talking about men's mental health. And it's not going to be a PQ. The reason we're having this conversation next week is because there's a lot of there's a lot happening in our world right now. And there are people that are unfortunately no longer with us that have left us rooted from a struggle with mental health. And so we wanted to have a conversation that would honor the incredible people that they are and were and have a conversation about our experiences with mental health and really kind of where we're going with it all and how we can support each other so it's going to be it, honestly it's one of the most powerful conversations that we have it's with all three of us we're really excited to have you there so we'll see you next week what's up everybody thank you for tuning in to another episode of the modern masculinity podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single wednesday our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. 
You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.